0: Hello, everybody. I am so excited to announce that I am interviewing my first podcast interviewee today. Her name is Lily Jones. She is the CEO of Educator Forever. And in today's episode, we get to kind of peel back the layers and take a look at this 10-year journey that Lily's been on of building a really successful company, but also being energetically sensitive, being an empath. So I know I've shared a lot of my own journey over the last year, uh, actually less than a year since starting this podcast. So you've heard a lot about my journey, but as we begin to move into 2023, I'm really looking forward to shaping out the podcast more by sharing stories for you with other empathic entrepreneurs and what their unique journeys have been like. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. And if you want to learn more about Lily, you can definitely find a link to her website in the show notes of today's podcast. Okay, let's go. If you're a more energetically sensitive creative or entrepreneur who's ready to transform your sensitivities into your superpowers so that you can spend more time in the flow and less time in the internal struggle, then you've come to the right place. The Empathic Entrepreneur podcast with me, Anna Stokes, is a business and marketing podcast where we uncover the roadblocks that most energetically sensitive entrepreneurs and creatives face on their journey to success and how to move past these blocks to live a more purpose-driven and energetically aligned life. Okay, so today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Lily Jones. Hello, Lily. Thank you for being here. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So let's just dive right in. I don't like to beat around the bush. I obviously know what you're up to. Everybody, Lily is not only a podcast guest, she's also a client of mine. I would consider her a very successful client. So I wanted to bring her on the podcast and give everyone a chance to hear about her story, um, how she built her company, how she relates to her energy, whether she identifies as being an empath or not, and um, if she has any tips for us. So Without further ado, Lily, let's dive in. Tell us a bit about who you are and your company. I think a lot of listeners are probably really interested to hear about when you started it and kind of what gave you this idea and um and also maybe what your first success milestone would be in your mind. We all have different mm-hmm. ones that's a good question. Okay.
1: I run a business called Educator Forever, where I empower teachers to be the change they want to see in education, mostly through having career pathways that work for them and really honing in on this idea that like, you can be a teacher inside and outside of the classroom. And my business came about really, I guess, by following my energy and like my path of things that I was a classroom teacher. And then You know, it was like my whole identity, which I think a lot of teachers feel that like, they are teachers, that's just who they are. Like, it's so much more than just a job. Mm -hmm. And so I started having these feelings, of just like, this is also completely unsustainable. Like it is not doing, like making my body feel good. Like it's making Mm -hmm. me feel constantly like I'm running on empty. And so I started doing some work on the side, too, because also like in reality, too, it's like and I was getting paid nothing Mm -hmm. and trying to like buy a house in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I needed more money, too. So I started doing projects on the side, mostly curriculum writing and found that people would pay me for doing things I did for free in my classroom Mm. and that I really loved those things. And so it kind of led me down this path that I only really kind of jumped on when my daughter was born in 2012. So okay. when she was born, it was like this crossroads. I was teaching kindergarten. I had a newborn. And that was really the same type of energy that I was spending on both. Right. Like it was like kids' zone all the time. <laughs> and I couldn't really imagine going back to the classroom. Um, so I really like committed myself to finding something flexible I could do from home in education and found I could do so many things. You know, I got a big contract with a nonprofit called Teaching Channel, making videos of teachers all over the country. I did curriculum design, I did coaching. And I did all these things and really realized, like, not only can teachers do these things, but there's a big need for them, that there are all these ed tech companies that don't have very many teachers on their staff. And they Mm -hmm. would always be asking me like, oh, where can I find teachers? And so Educator Forever started organically out of that, of both the side of like the companies asking me, like, where are all the teachers who want to do this stuff? And then also having my friends, you know, want to get coffee with me on the weekends and ask me what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I found myself having coffees, like after coffees on the weekends, <laughs> of saying the same things, like, oh, this is what I did, and this is what you could do. And like, no, there are so many things. And so from that, I started our very first course beyond the classroom, um, which kind of poured in everything I was saying in those coffee chats and made it more scalable that I could reach people all over the country and help teachers to see that their skills are really valuable. So from there, we've grown. You know, we have a curriculum development program now that's more like skills focused. We have an agency side where we take on curriculum projects because I was kind of doing that on A separate tract in my mind Mm -hmm. before. And then I brought it together all under Educator Forever and get to work with some of the teachers that we work with from our programs to develop curriculum. And then we have a Grow Your Education Business Accelerator. So I was thinking of your question of like, what was the first marker of success? I think it was getting my first client, you know, like way long ago. But I remember, I think it was like, so I have two kids now, they're seven and 10. I think it was when Milo, my son, was like a baby or a toddler. Like I remember being at a park. And checking my phone and being like, oh, my gosh, this person I don't know signed up for my course. Yes. <laughs> and before that, it's just been like teacher friends and friends of friends or referrals. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, You're so like, oh, my like, God, it's
0: legit.
1: <laughs> it's legit. And I feel like the first one is truly the hardest, you know, when it's somebody you don't know. Um so yeah, like I remember exactly where I was at the park when I got that email and it made me feel like validated in this idea.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Sometimes we do need a little external validation. Like you need the energy to meet you halfway. You you were probably at this point pouring a lot of energy into the creation mm-hmm. of that Beyond the Classroom course. And you're probably putting together your first website. And even though all these people were coming to you, you were probably like, but will people pay for it? Yeah, yeah. everyone will take me out to coffee, but are they going to pay? Absolutely. And are they going to pay not knowing me? Like, I think
1: some of that too is like, not inventing this like persona, but like figuring out how you translate you onto like the world of the internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it can and, and this weird. is back in
0: 2012 too.
1: Yeah, this was probably like 2015 by then. But yeah, okay. Totally, like a few years in 2015, 2016, but still like a while ago, right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: So Mm -hmm. what did what was that three year transition process like? Your your maybe that first moment of success you're talking about, where you just felt like, yes, this is someone I don't know. They're purchasing this. That was 2015. So what were those early couple years like in that a little bit sounds like maybe more of a gray area?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say that I didn't really have a formed idea of Educator Forever until probably like 2015 or so. I was Mm -hmm. doing all this contract work, like from 2012 to 2015, when Matilda was like zero to three. I was doing all this like contract work on my own. And it was all like research for then Educator Forever. But Mm -hmm. for me, I was really in like hustle zone of like, I need to make up my teaching salary. I don't want to go back to the classroom. Like, what can I do to make it work? So I would say those three years were like, I would do anything that was flexible and an education because I was just like proving it to myself that it could work. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, I think once I started the course, that first client came pretty quickly. Because I had been doing a little, I feel like I, it's hard to remember, honestly, but like, I feel like I had been doing some emails and things before. Like, I was like, oh, I should have an email list. I think I was doing flexible job leads, which I still do to this day, which is like sending out job leads to people. So I think that that's like where this first client came from. So I kind of started organically, you know, just like, oh, let me share job leads. Let me build like a community of teachers who feel this way. And then the course from there.
0: Wow. That was pretty creative. Flexible job. You were already creating a community. You're a community (laughs) builder. (laughs) You're like, let me get a little something going on. I, I like that. And I think a lot of moms can resonate with once they give birth, there is usually some type of revolution in their life or their business where it's like, whatever was maybe not working before or not up to par with what you want out of life or business, you're kind of like, you know what, the change needs to happen. It's often like, you know, or, or I'll have some entrepreneur friends who are like, I thought I needed 40 hours a week to run my business. Turns out I can do it in 10. I just (laughs) had no reason to, you know, it wasn't enough to be like, oh, I want to work less.
1: You know, that I feel like I kind of have this idea, like maybe I won't be a classroom teacher, but it wasn't there wasn't like a defining moment. And in working with other people who are in this situation, sometimes I tell them, like, you don't have to have a defining moment. Right. Like, it's like really that internal feeling that was there a long time for me before But for me at that stage in my life, like I needed this almost like physical marker of like, this
0: is a baby. (laughs) (laughs) You want to be home with her to give me the courage to like take that leap forward. Oh, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the empathic side. This is the empathic entrepreneur podcast. So we're talking about your story um, into becoming the entrepreneur you are today Let me ask you this. Do you identify as being empathic?
1: I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think I've always had the feeling that I was empathic and didn't really have words to put it, put it in, you know, or a way to understand it, but always like, even like I'm saying, like reflecting on, like I had this feeling, right. That like, this Mm -hmm. wasn't going to be my path. Um, I feel like I struggled a lot at the beginning of like, almost like trying to intellectualize my way out of the empathicness. (laughs) <laughs> like, oh yeah oh no, yeah. yeah. you might have that feeling but like actually you should be doing this thing oh yeah let's be logical let's be yeah, logical <laughs> totally totally and I mean I think like there's a whole like societal element to that too right oh yeah. um but yeah I definitely identify as empathic and have um yeah it's been like a journey of realizing that and realizing how to like fit that into my life
0: what do you, you I know you took the empath type quiz I'm curious what your primary empath type is yeah, what was it? Do you remember? I don't, I could, I I don't know. It wasn't visual. Was it empathic feeling? Empathic, I think it was empathic feeling. Yeah, I'm seeing the results because that quiz was only created about a month ago. Yes. And I. it's fun. I don't think I can see individual results, but I see a tally of what it's shaping out to be. And it's something like over 50% of people are showing up as empathic feeling, which doesn't surprise me. Because that's my primary empath type. I mean, I went to school eventually to become a clairvoyant. So obviously I work that space all the time. And now that I'm a teacher, I actually work in my space of knowing all the time. That's where you psychically teach from. But my whole life was definitely geared towards feeling empathic feeling, Mm -hmm. but not everyone's like that. Sometimes if you grow up with that as your primary empath type, you think, oh, well, everyone's like this. Mm -hmm. No, no, that's not necessarily the case, but it doesn't surprise me that 50% of the people taking it are because those are the people who found me, you know, and there's a match there. So it doesn't surprise me. So here you are my empathic feeler. (laughs) Yes. I know. It's so interesting not to jump ahead to our work together, but like, since
1: you've said similar things to me in the past of like, you attract people who have some like resonance with you. Right. I've definitely been noticing my own clients. Like a lot of them are empathic or my team members and things like that, where I'm like, Oh,
0: (laughs) yeah. It is so easy to be in your own bubble and be like, this is just what everyone attracts. But no, no, nope. that's, that's not the case. We all find our people and we all know sometimes when we find people, we're hoping are our people and then they're not our people, mm-hmm. which is like the years of me hiring business coaches that were essentially me trying to project the things I wish I had, like, yes. but, but and ultimately would never work. Like I'd hire the business coach that ran a female who would run a ton of male energy and who was very decisive, which I am not, had all these things essentially I didn't that I was like, I want to be that person. And then I'd hire them. I'd spend a bunch of money and I'd be like, I can't change who I am. I still work the way I work. It's going to take me time. And guess what? I'm going to have to feel it out. And then I would just end up feeling boxed in by this person who told me it had to be a certain way so i I spent a lot of money doing that
1: over the years (laughs) yeah me too i mean for sure and i think even thinking about just like other work situations or even going back to like when i was in school you know like i always had that idea of like it has to feel right to me and even in terms of timing too right like sometimes like the timing just has to feel right which if somebody's saying like oh go like launch this thing on monday it's like. I think that sometimes I would have had that and still have that sense of like, no, Monday's not right. Yeah. But I got like, I don't know if like bullied is the right word, but it, it felt like, like kind yeah. of that, right. Like that vibe where, yeah, I mean, like I identified all that you said, like, it just didn't feel aligned there.
0: Yes. I, um, and, in back in, I think you, you and I started connecting back in my electric empire days. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I I consider myself an intuitive strategist back then, but definitely not to the level I am now. I hadn't been through all my psychic training, but even then, I feel like I fell prey to the hustle. You know, mm-hmm. that the whole world around us in the online business community is saying you need to hustle, you need to hustle. And I know things are shifting. You're starting to see that shift, but yeah. I think we both get that as empaths. It has to feel right. What has your, you identify as being an empath sounds like you're kind of of the empathic feeling type. What have you done in life to cultivate that side of yourself, the energetic side? Mm,
1: Yeah. Good question. Um, last year I took a psychic class that was really all about kind of like tuning into, I guess, like inner knowing, you know, and a lot of it was like, I guess it wasn't what I expected when I took a psychic class. Like it was so much like meditation, where I was like, "Oh, is this is a meditation class." Um, yes, it is but, usually.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it was awesome, and so that gave me my first sense. I would say of like, "Oh, like I guess this is a part of like this is a part of me that I want to cultivate and value and be aware of." Um, that class was not focused on business. It was just like a personal tools class um and it was really helpful just like in my awesome. life um especially it made me aware of like that i was picking up on other people's energy and like what to do with it so i feel like my whole like 40 years before that you know i would like be gathering all this energy that wasn't mine and having no tools for getting rid of it or like composting yes. or recycling it yes. and that that was so heavy
0: right? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And that's why most empaths are like, could be co-diagnosed as ADHD and depressive because what's the difference? Really? What's the difference? Totally. I ask myself that all the time. Like, am I clinically depressed right now or is this someone else's energy? And that's where the answer is given to me through meditation. Like, can I clear it out of my space or not?
1: Totally. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like that realization was like, what like that makes so much sense right and like yeah. truly life-changing I just like oh that's not my energy
0: uh, it is life-changing it is life-changing absolutely <laughs> I mean, isn't it sad yeah. how really so few people talk about it no, and you have people. to go to like a quote-unquote weird psychic school to learn yeah. about the fact totally. that energy exists and it's not, usually not yours especially if it doesn't feel good it's not yours yeah totally. um. Uh, and then, how yes. do you move it out? Like this should just be like we should be teaching kids this in kindergarten. Like, let's talk Absolutely. about energy. Hey, Lily, Absolutely. we should be teaching kids
1: in kindergarten. I know, right? I'm going development
0: happening. <laughs> yes,
1: totally. I know, and like so many things now, I'm like, oh, like with, even with just like you know, straight like meditation, I'm like, oh, that's energy. You know, like yes. it's really just kind of like like opening my eyes to that, and like yeah, I wish I would have had the tools so much earlier. And i so thankful to like be cultivating those tools now. And I'd say like, through that process, you know, I think being an entrepreneur, at least for me, you know, doing something that's like, so a part of me, you know, like, it's still that teacher zone. zone, it's just like, it's me, you know, my business is also me. It felt like I really wanted to bring that work into my business. So that's when I found you. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, I need Anna, because yeah. that's the perfect combo for me of like, having that energy work. And I feel like even in the class I was doing that again, was like personal, like I kept being like, Oh, but I wonder how this pertains to my business Absolutely. and that, like, not what the zone was. And so bringing that together has also been so, so powerful and just like, they're both connected. Like it's like, yeah, yeah we're talking about business, but it's like also my life.
0: Well, this is how we know you're psychic. Cause my next uh, question was what is the intersection of empathic energy work for you and business? Is I'm- there? So we're working together now in Friction to Flow. And for anyone who doesn't know what Friction to Flow is, it's more my business um, consultancy service where uh, it's part strategy, part energy. We work on growing the client's business through energetic cultivation and moving energy in their business. And it can be a hard sell because it's kind of weird. But this is something you're doing that's obviously an intersection. But was there anything, is there any other ways, like if you take a step back where you're like, geez, this is the intersection of energy and entrepreneurship for me?
1: I mean, I honestly think it's everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's like energy, it's everything, right? (laughs) Like it's like, it's everything about my business. So I would say, like, to me, it's really a different lens, but also like, Empowering, you yeah. know, that it like validates those feelings of, like I was saying, of like, no, I don't want to launch this on Monday, you know, like, okay, it doesn't feel right. And I think coming into that like inner sense of knowing and being mm-hmm. supported with that has made all the difference because then mm-hmm. it's just, it's just like this confidence that I'm doing the right thing because it feels right to me, not yeah. because it's like an external marker. So I think it's like, yeah, I would say like it's, it's everything, but it's also like a guiding light in some ways, you know, that allows mm-hmm. you to make decisions or know the best path forward. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I mean, learn like, to trust that process. Yes, learn to trust so. that process, absolutely. And like be able to, I mean, being an entrepreneur, especially like working with so many people, like you get so many different energies and all this different information online. And like, it's so much, right? That's like, it, it can get so muddy. And so I think to me the energy work is like kind of clearing it out. Like it's like a light going forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is there any time you feel like in business that you didn't follow your gut and, oh, and yeah. you regretted time. it? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Do you have like yeah,
1: a, totally. maybe
0: some a story um, to share? Even if it's a good Yeah, not like totally. Names, I mean, obviously. I think I've had
1: several times with team members who it's like, I brought somebody on and pretty much immediately thought like felt, I would say, they weren't the right fit, but went forward keeping them on my team because of all the like in my head stuff.
0: Oh yeah. Or up like, I don't me- wanna be mean, I feel bad. Yeah, just absolutely. <laughs>
1: like maybe it's me, maybe I'm not explaining things well, like maybe I'm not like a great leader, like all this stuff, right? Where it's like, but actually like day one, I had a feeling like this person is not the best fit, right? Like no judgment on them, they're fine, but like they weren't the best fit. So I think that has cost me like time and strife, right, of like having just like somebody on my team who wasn't a good fit several times in my career. I think taking on projects too, like, you know, especially like on our agency side, we take on big curriculum projects. And I've taken on projects because it was a good amount of money and like it seemed fine. But I had a feeling of like this person is not the best fit energetically for me. Like they're stressing me out or they have unrealistic expectations, like whatever it is but I would look at the like numbers, right? And be like, oh, well, this is worth it because they're paying this much and like, we'll make this much profit and like, we can do this. And kind of not, I guess, ignoring, you know, my feelings around it. So I think that I would just like talk myself out and it's still a struggle, you know, to tune into like, it's a mix too, right? Of like, what feels right. And you want to look at the numbers and you want to look at your team and you want to look at all the things. But oh, I think no. since realizing like that energetic component has to be there, it's cut down on the struggle, honestly,
0: because yeah. it's just it's like
1: friction to flow. I know. So I, was I was thinking about that on the, the drive. Totally. When I was driving this morning, I was like, oh, Anna had the best name because it truly <laughs> is true, <laughs> you know, where it's like, I feel like there are and there's always going to be some friction somewhere.
0: Right. Like, of so course. It's like, that's where growth often growth happens in friction. but. There's that fine line between like friction for growth and friction because you're trying to make something work that isn't going to work, right? Mm -hmm. There's a difference. And sometimes that's where things get sticky for me. And that's where I still go to, you know, my entire psychic school, I was in this same psychic school for like five years. And those poor people alongside me for so many years had to read my business all the time. And I know they were just like, (laughs) Anna. (laughs) <laughs> and sell it already. Like I'm so done looking at the <laughs> shitty company you're running. No, I had a great <laughs> successful company. but I was trying to do this thing where, like i I listened to what I wanted to listen to mm-hmm. because, like, like you, at the end of the day, you're running a company, and it is about the numbers. But actually, it's not if you want to have a company you're happy in. And so I built this whole company, really started out the company I was happy in very quickly after a couple of years wasn't, but then I just kept kind of trying to make it work, growing it to the level I wanted. I had a big mock-up to have a million dollar company, big mock-up for two locations. Once I got all that, I took a step back and was like, I am miserable. I don't want this anymore. Um, But then I was stuck in this cycle of making decisions because of the money, Mm -hmm. which meant there were people who needed to leave, team members who needed to leave, but could I let them go? Oh, I would let them freaking light fires up in that place. And I still wouldn't let him go. Cause I was like, well, <laughs> I I know how much they make for the company every month. And it was like, but like, how can I listen on the one hand and not on the other? Like, it's not going to work. So eventually, obviously everyone knows I sold my company. That's a whole different story, but it's really validating to watch you run your company from such a positive energetic space, because I really see how much it, you attract clients students, and team members who really are in alignment with you. It seems like the rarity, you know, I haven't worked with you one-on-one for that long. We're going on three months here, but it does seem to be a rarity that you get what maybe we might call like a bad seed or someone who's just not a fit.
1: Yes. And that is something I even, yeah, just in our time working together, have learned to prioritize, like, because it usually feels so good. It becomes really obvious. When something doesn't feel good, whether it's a client or a team member or a project, you know, it's just like, whoa, that's not the the normal feeling. And so I think like cultivating that, um, it's almost like I have to like always use a teacher metaphor, but it's like a classroom community or something, right? Like if you have like a really healthy, positive classroom community, you know, like it takes a lot to break it. Um, But you also notice when any little thing is off where you're just like, nope, not that. Nope, not that. And so I feel like that. And I feel like working with you has empowered me to like know that, you know, and stand up for that. That it's like sometimes saying no to a project is actually what we need to make things grow. And yeah. I think that even though I like know that and probably have told my clients that, you know, it's like I didn't really it.
0: do it. Yeah, totally. totally live it. Yeah. Totally. Especially like we're Americans. Uh, Lily was, lives in California. I live in Oregon. We are in a super capitalistic society and you're always kind of, I don't, I always felt as a female entrepreneur, I had to do this thing where it was like, I had to grow the business comfortably cause I was an empath, but also I was getting fed a lot of messaging around like the bottom line is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, if if the bottom line becomes more important than how it feels to be in your own company, then you end up in the situation I was in where I had to either burn it to the ground or sell it. And I sold it. Thank mm-hmm. God. But yes. like I had built an entire company. I wasn't even comfortable walking into anymore totally. because of all the team member mistakes I had made in letting people on board and stay on board. And guess what? Set the energetic tone for my company. Mm-hmm. And it totally. was not a good place for me to be.
1: Yeah. And it's like no amount of money, at least to me, right. is like worth feeling that way. No. And so it's like, I think it's, it's validating, you know, to be able to elevate that as the goal. And also like, to be able to give that or not not that I'm like giving them their energy, but like co-create that with other team members or clients, you know, that it is yeah. especially for teachers for me, you know, like who it's like are in such a toxic environment to be able to come into a space that feels good, like nothing could be better. Like I could teach I nothing, you know, and have that <laughs> yeah. space.
0: Yeah, and like they would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm holding this beautiful <laughs> space for you. So um <laughs> come on in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let me see here. What was another question? So we talked about the intersection. So obviously you're a client in friction to flow. So I'm kind of curious, what made you open to doing this kind of odd blend of business strategy and energetics? Like what made you open to it and what has most surprised you? Because this is so weird. Most people Mm -hmm. say to me, Anna, I don't know anyone who's doing this. I know they like, I know spiritual teachers who teach business, but they don't work the energetics of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. what what has and uh, you know, I didn't have to hard sell Lily on this. She's like, Yep, wanna sign up. It's like, oh wow, that was easy. <laughs> um so like what sold you on it and then what have you been most surprised by?
1: Yeah, I mean, it truly is the best. I mean, I think that i wanted something like this, you know, and even without, I wasn't going around being like, what I really need is this, but I knew (laughs) that's what I needed. Um, So when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's it, right? Like, that's what I need. And that's probably some like energy connection between us, right? Um, But I think that in general, seeing, I guess it is this friction, right? Like that I felt around my business of like, it's almost feels really good. (laughs) you know like it almost feels like this is working um and having that feeling of of friction right of just like I feel like there's something in the way and I don't know what it is and so having this idea of like I can help move the energy in your business like I had this feeling that like some things were stuck and that Mm -hmm. was energy that was like stuck that needed to be moved do you want to share anything that was stuck yeah I mean I think like my, I think it's like mental, right? Like it was like in my head, it felt like my vision of the company was not super clear. And so I was often like, and I had dealt with this, you know, before we worked together too. And it had become clearer of like these two sides of that. I was running this doing curriculum stuff on my own development on my own. I was also running these courses for teachers. I had probably, I guess it was last year, about a year and a half ago, probably put together the two under educator forever, which made it more clear. But I still felt like I was like. Mm-hmm. Who am I in this business? Um, and also, I think when we started working together, it was really kind of coming into like my CEO role of like, I have a team now. And like, how do I do that? And so, that a lot of that felt confusing to me. I was just like, well, what do I do now <laughs> that yeah, like I'm not yeah. in the How day-to-day. do I be the
0: CEO? Because when I read Lily to the listeners out there, her business had huge growth potential. And, you know, if you're comfortable with me sharing, the main thing getting in the way was you. Yeah, (laughs) totally. And and it's the part that we all understand as business owners, we keep things so close to us that sometimes they need a little more breathing space. But to do that, there's all these uncomfortable things we have to do, you know, around delegation and just coming to terms with the fact that if we're going to grow this as big as it wants to grow we often have to step aside and more become the visionaries and space holders of our companies instead of the ones who are doing. Because you, like you said, yeah. when you started back in 2012, you were doing anything, anything. and everything because yeah. you're like, I need to replace my, my income. So I think this is really awesome for listeners. I think I have a wide variety of listeners. Some of them haven't taken the leap yet towards entrepreneurship or maybe are straddling the two uh, that, that kind of uncomfortable place where you keep a job while you're also starting so that everything, you know, the bills are getting paid. And then some who uh, have been in business a long time. And so I just think this is interesting for a lot of those, those, you know, listeners who are in those early days of their company, that this is a process, Mm -hmm. you know, you run a very successful company now. Um, Mm -hmm if you're comfortable with me sharing just in the multiple six figures mm-hmm. like lily's doing well she's very successful um but it didn't happen overnight no no mm-hmm. definitely not
1: no and i think like what you're saying about like standing in my own way, like, I also had that feeling, right? But it's like, it's really hard to have that feel, like, of being like, I know that I'm standing in my own way. Like, <laughs> I know I'm holding myself back, but like, how do I not do that? I um, so I think that through the friction to flow work, also what attracted me is like, you have all that plus your business sense, right? Like yeah. you been in business for a long time, you've been successful, you've had ups and downs, like all the things, right? That like, it's also not just working, not just, I mean, but like, it's not working just with energy, it's also that business sense. Um, So that really has been the perfect combination for me. And I think going back to like the surprises, I mean, I think that I'm, I'm always uncovering things. I mean, I think one that's been the biggest learning is like I said before of like, sometimes dealing with the friction or like saying no to things like it really is opening up this whole new world right so it's like having the uncomfortable like realizations with myself or conversations with somebody else or saying no to a project that I thought I would say yes to or whatever it is actually like pretty immediately right after all those things something really awesome has happened
0: isn't that crazy and it's crazy
1: and like literally I'll have a conversation I'll be like, yep, I'm gonna say no to that. And then like open up my email and it's
0: like some cool offer. And I'm like, wow, energy is yeah. crazy. <laughs> Ener- I know. We 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 always had this thing in psychic school where we'd be like, you can't make this shit up. Like yeah. you can't make yeah, it. Yeah,
1: totally. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I think like that's also valid. Like that's also like going back to like that, like intellectualizing, like that's like evidence, right? Like you're like, oh, well, maybe if I like do this thing that feels hard, like it actually will open things up and it does. Um, But I think it's like been kind of mm, like proving that to myself, I guess. And like honing in on like how things feel and being intentional about what I want to create and why. And like feeling is a huge part of that. Like what feelings do I want to create for me, for my team, for my clients? And then I think like, It just feels like this like clear channel, right? Like Mm -hmm. I started a podcast. I like literally have not really reached out to people to interview because they keep reaching out to me and they're all really awesome. (laughs) So I'm like, cool. Come on in. Yes, you can come to my podcast. Thanks for contacting me. Or like somebody just like contact me on a media placement who seems cool. I'm like, great. Come on in. You know, clients who seem perfect, like, come on in and so this idea that like when and again it's only been a few months right but like with working with you like when my energy feels good and like cleared out of all the stuff that's not my energy like i'm able to attract the things that i want without more work yeah like they just come to me
0: absolutely absolutely it's like clear the blocks and the energy can flow and when the energy can flow we can attract more of what it is. That's our truth and more of what it is that we want. Yeah. And I always see it. Like I keep seeing as you're talking, it's like, um, I see a lighthouse and the ships need to see the lighthouse, but on a foggy night, it can be really hard for ships to see the lighthouse. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just seeing like our work together It's not that you hadn't built a lovely lighthouse. You have a very lovely lighthouse with a shiny light, but it's clearing the fog that can stand in the way from people noticing it and being like, this is my harbor. This is my safe harbor, whether it's a client or a new team member or a podcast interviewee. Um, So thank you so much for sharing. Lastly, um, I just wanted to know if you had any advice for other people who are empathics or empathic feelers or find themselves to be more energetically sensitive, but also running a business or wanting to start a business. Do you have any words of wisdom for that Mm -hmm. odd fusion of us out there who it's not actually as odd as it thinks, but those of us who have embraced it enough to be listening to a podcast called the empathic entrepreneur. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I mean,
1: I think the first thing is just don't ignore that those feelings right don't tune into it and be curious about it and kind of try to uncover the layers right of what you're feeling I think that I just ignored that stuff or didn't see it as as valuable as you know the actions I was taking or the money I was making or the clients I had and it is just as if not more important than all of those things so I think the biggest thing is like tuning into it cultivating getting clear on what's your energy and what is other people's energies and getting clear on like what you want to create yeah.
0: and how it feels awesome what Lily's actually saying is all of you need to sign up for my empathic energy management 101 course yes <laughs> totally absolutely <laughs> and I would Get say like, for people clear. like me who
1: feel like they have you know a business and they also like have these like it just doesn't feel quite right like friction to flow is truly life changing. Like it's uh, so, you, so helpful. So for those folks who are, you know, in the entre- oper- entrepreneur world, like that can be. Yes. Really
0: thank you so much. Lily. Lily's my validation right now. Cause Lily's my first friction to flow client. I just launched it and she signed up and, um, so it's that validation. It works. Uh, it's perfect so, for me. I so mean, maybe, like- maybe you'll be my if someone interviews me in a couple of years and asks me for my turning point for success, I'll be like, that was when Lily signed
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yes. And I mean, I'm like, you must always
0: offer this because I need it forever. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being here, Lily and, um, for sharing your story and some of the ups and downs and, um, just all that great empathic entrepreneur wisdom and where can people go to connect with you Yeah, from here? I'll put it in my show notes, but if you can go ahead and share.
1: Sure. Um, our website is educatorforever.com and you can find us on Instagram at educatorforever is probably a good place to connect with us as well.
0: Okay. Thanks so much, Ellie. Yeah. Thank you. It was great talking with you, you too. Thanks for listening to the Empathic Entrepreneur podcast with me, Anna Longstokes. For more information on these and many other topics, or to contact me for a consultation, please visit www.empathicpreneur.com. That's empathicpreneur.com. Or check out the show notes for direct links. And hey... If you like this podcast, please remember to take a minute to leave a review and to share with a friend. Until next time, keep creating.